The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you ultimate control. With the XFi app, you can pause the Wi-Fi at the push of a button. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Hey, Buff. We've talked about it time and time again, but at this point, I think it's a no-brainer. I don't even think we need to say it, but we might as well. If you're going to bet the games this weekend or fights or really any sport, all of our listeners should be doing it one place, and that's my book. I agree because, you know, the important thing is it's not what team or sport you're betting on that's important. It's even more important to know who you're betting with, and that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. And trust me, they are the best bet this season for your choices. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. Their mobile site is really easy to use. So I would only recommend a service like this to my listeners. And the reason why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie is because if you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player per- perks in the business. And for guys out there that love betting on fantasy, fantasy sports, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. They have all these special things on their site. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. So basically, join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code BUFFER to activate the offer. That's BUFFER, all in capitals, B-U-F-F-E-R. Visit MyBookie online today. Again, that's MyBookie. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot com. And don't forget to use the promo code BUFFER in capitals when creating your account to claim your bonus. And why? Because if you play, you win, you get paid. With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Las Vegas, Nevada where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time, politics, film, TV, UFC, sex, drugs, rock and roll, no holes barred radio. And I'm here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. TJ, how are you? I'm good, Buff. Uh, You know, finishing the year like you always say to, uh, you know, you want to start the new year strong. You got to finish the uh, previous year strong. So we're on that strong grind as we head towards the new year. 
Absolutely. And I've been on the road off and on for four weeks, as we all know, three different countries outside the United States, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, last weekend for our last UFC Fox Fight Night show, because we will be moving to ESPN in January. Got in the gym on Monday, had a great workout. I've got 10 days to get back to myself, get my oh, gifts, man. take care of my family. I'm happy. I saw the video you were shooting yesterday at, at oh. Gold. It, I mean, when you see the video, you don't think anything of it. Like, oh, Bruce is working out. He's a, he's an in-shape dude. He's a fit guy. And then you start saying where you'd been the last three, four weeks, and it's just like I have no idea how you have energy to get out of bed, Buff, let alone uh, get in the gym and, and crush it like you did. Thanks, TJ, because I know I have to. And even if I dragging myself out of bed, I know once I get in the gym, it's kind of like when I used to spar or fight, you know, as soon as I get hit once, right. I'm ready to go. So it, it's just, funny you know, how that works. It's funny how that works. Like you in bed, everything sounds like a terrible idea. But once you, you know, start getting going, you take a shower, you get something to eat. You're, you're good to go. It's time. It's time to go. Absolutely. And speaking of which, we, we have to start off the show with another passing TJ. No. Uh, Yes, it happened this morning. It was just announced. Penny Marshall, no. the co-star of Laverne and Shirley, director of League of Their Own. Very talented woman. She has passed away at the age of 75 years old. People uh, you may know or you don't know, but believe me, you do know who Penny Marshall is. And I'll give you a little background. Oh, yeah. She was the co-star of Laverne and Shirley, one of the hit shows. She was known for directing some of the biggest movies around, which was big with Tom Hanks, a very classic Christmas time uh, kind of tune show, A League of Their Own, the show about the women's baseball teams back during the World War II period. Um, she died peacefully, thankfully. Uh, her family is beside her. She has done so much, and she actually, big, the film she did with Tom Hanks grossed over $100 million. She did another film called Jumpin' Jack Flash. Uh, I can go on and on and on. I am a big fan of Penny Marshall and my best wishes go out to her, her family and her loved ones have uh, to mention this man. I'll, I'll never forget that cardigan. She used to wear with the L on the, uh, the yeah, left breast. Yeah. Like it was just uh, Laverne and Shirley again before my time, but what an iconic series that was totally iconic series. Absolutely. And if you get a chance to catch it, it still holds up and is funny as heck today. So have a laugh. You know, I just saw it on one of those, uh, uh, airplanes and like the little, uh, entertainment sections, like the vintage, uh, television series that you can watch and uh yeah like i mean m my son who's seven years old if he doesn't know already will probably at some point watch laverne and shirley because it's timeless man yeah it is it is and speaking of timeless we have a guest coming on the show who's definitely timeless oh he's a classic he's, he's a, a classic he's he's one of a kind exactly now i'm gonna count to you just letting you know uh our guest coming up the great ray longo trainer of many mma ufc fighters Partner to Matt Sarah, character and a half, has a tendency to drop an F-bomb, TJ. Oh, I'm going to do yeah. a little thing. I'm going to keep count. I'm All right, so let, let me let me place the number, and you can be a betting man. You can say over or under, all right? Over or under, go. Uh, four and a half. I say three. Three. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's conservative. That's, that's, that's really conservative. conservative. Yeah, I mean, I think you're taking the, uh, the plus money on that one, Buff, so good luck. Well, we'll find out. We haven't mentioned a dollar figure, but we'll find out. All right, so uh, let's bring on Ray Longo. I can't wait for this. Always, always fun. And let's bring on the great, the funny, the very, very intellectual Ray Longo. Hi, Ray. Bruce, how's it going? And I'm glad that now I can actually call T.J. DeSantis my friend. What a nice guy. I never knew how, what a nice guy T.J. was until recently. Yeah, I've been, you know, I've been working with him now for 10 years, and I think I discovered he was a nice guy about day one. 
to be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> you, were, you, you had the foresight to recognize that this guy had potential. That's that's unbelievable. That's my job, Ray. I'm supposed to see things happen before they happen, and sometimes it works and sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. You know, we, you know how life goes. Ray, um, we were in Milwaukee together uh, last Saturday night for the last UFC Fox Fight Night show. Historical in its own right, considering the seven years we've been with Fox, and now we're on our way to ESPN World in January. But I got to tell you something, man. That show, as a lot of shows over the last number of months, have really brought the action to the octagon. But let's focus on one of the key points of the show. You train and work with the octagon warrior, Al Iaquinta. He stepped in for his second fight against the very, very, very uh, dangerous Kevin Lee. He came in as a four-to-one underdog, give or take, and he performed like a champion. I was just blown away and just on the edge of my seat that entire fight. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to Matt. And above all, huge congratulations to Ally Aquinta. Um, how happy are you, Ray? You and Matt must just be ecstatic, especially after the Khabib Nurmagomedov fight that Al had. I got to tell you, man, and thank you very much for the uh, beautiful introduction. But, you know, Al is so close to my heart because I've had him since he was probably 17, 18, 19, something like that. Uh, but I couldn't be happy for a guy, man, because I've watched the ups and downs and the injuries and how he had to overcome that. And, you know, he was fighting, he wasn't fighting. And, uh, but man, that had the ambiance to, that was a championship fight to me. Like you said, it was everything fight fans could want. Had a little adversity. Al came back and then he started to rally and Kevin Lee was tough enough to hang around. And then the antics at the end were right out of a Hollywood movie. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm blown. I'm blown away by his performance, as I know you are too. But uh, I got to tell you, I couldn't be happier for a guy. Long time coming, and I hope he keeps it up. Absolutely, and blown away is probably an understatement for what we watched on Saturday night. And, and you know, you look at Al. I look at a man who's been in the octagon for a long time. Has been in the world of MMA fighting for a long time. Who has a second job to pay the bills and beyond and save money and everything. Being a realtor out there in New Jersey, you know, he's a perfect example of what it takes to make it in this game. And now with this win and where he goes from here, what is next for him? I mean, is the big money fight coming up? Is there a championship fight again that he's going to be given? What, what do you see or what have you heard or better yet? What can you tell us? Well, I mean, what I've heard is that he will get a big fight. So I'm assuming it's either, I mean, that's probably going to be a big money fight. Um, I know everybody's happy with him. And again, I, and I've been saying this, I don't want to overdo it, but Sean Shelby you know, it's almost like an inside joke with me and Sean, but he's really done a great job sticking by Al. You know, they've had problems. He's cursing out the boss. He's fighting one day. He's not. So he is a great kid. Sean recognized that, as, as did a lot of other people. Like, you know what I mean? And he really stuck with a kid that I think he wouldn't have if he didn't see something. And I'm glad. I just happy to see it come to fruition. And uh, I think he deserves a big money fight. Uh, I think he was, you know, he was standing up for himself. He just really wanted to get paid what he thought was appropriate for a real unforgiving, tough sport. And, uh, look, there's a kid who, you know, he's going to have a, a life after fighting, which I think he, he's leading by example. Everybody should be doing that right now. You know, this Absolutely. is a short window, and if you don't make it to the top, you know, you're getting beat up for basically nothing. Yeah, that's, you know, that's true in respect to that. Um, at the same time, you're never going to get anywhere in life unless you stand up and ask for what you're worth. And that's what exactly. he did. And he came yeah. in and he, 
he came in and he fought Khabib, Habib Nurmagomedov on very short notice, helping to save that event with everything that went on at that event. Now he came in, he fought Kevin Lee, as I said, as a four to one underdog, reigning supreme in a really a fight. He did get a bonus that night. They both did, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he, he it's about the, damn time, by the it way. It is about time. You, you, you trash time. one hotel room and haunts you forever. I got to <laughs> tell you, you know, TJ, this is the first time I didn't tell him he was getting a bonus. After every one of those knockouts, I go, wow, you got it. Trust me, you're getting the bonus. And then he wouldn't get it, and then he'd go berserk. I think I, I was taught to blame for that because I would pump him up. Like, I was so guaranteed with some of those knockouts that he would get it that like crazy. I don't know. But, look, this is a kid that the other thing is he always produces. He really hasn't been in a bad fight. You, cannot, you can't tell me he's been in one bad fight. He always comes to fight. He deserves to get paid. And he's still going to come to fight no matter what. I mean, that's who he is. Hey, honestly, is. too, what, what you guys have described about how sometimes Al's in the good graces of, of you know, the company brass, other times not so much. What, what you're describing is a real honest human being because sometimes, exactly. you know, sometimes yeah. we're, we're – we're the boss's best friend. Other times, uh, you know, we're a pain in the ass. That's just being a, a human being and, and being someone who stands up for themselves. So uh, th- that's what endears me to Al more than anything. Like the fact that uh, whatever comes out of his mouth, it's honest, man. For better yeah. or for worse, it's honest. It is honest. Yeah, I, I got to say, honest. TJ, exactly. And I got to tell you, in an organization where you know that is not easy to do, <laughs> that's the beauty of it, of it. You know, that's why I said I got to really thank Sean because – I, I really think uh, I, I really think he's stuck by this guy. It was, it's, a, it's just nice to see that you know that everything works out in the end, and you can have differences, and you could argue, and you could go back and forth. But at the end of the day, everybody's happy, and it's a, that to me is is the moral of this story. Well, what's that and old it, saying? Like, if you don't have any enemies, it probably means you never stood up for anything you believe in. Yeah, it could be. That's it. Well, and you know, the other one that I always like is. You know, I'd rather be hated for who I am than liked for who I'm not. Oh, that's true, man. I, I should get that tattooed on my forearm. That That's right. that's serious business. As long as, my, as long as my name is right under it, you're more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another thing I notice about Al. I look at the way people handle themselves, not just fighting in the octagon, the way they handle themselves in their interviews, the way they handle themselves outside, the way they handle themselves at the, the proverbial important weigh-ins, uh, the respect factor, the class factor the martial arts factor, the blood, sweat, and tears factor. What I've noticed in Al is that the rawness of his personality, and I say this with all respect, is, no, getting, no, exactly. def- is, getting, is getting refined. And he's handling himself in a much better way, a classier way, yet, yet still with that edge that he carries that's important because that's who he is, right? And that's a refinement, and if you're involved in that, uh, refinement. If Matt's involved in that, and I think you know what I'm talking, I know you know what I'm know talking exactly, about, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, am I right or am I wrong? No. Look, even me and Matt, we, you know, we we might be a little wacky, or I'm sure we're perceived as a little wacky. But at the end of the day, we know the difference between right and wrong. Matt is probably the best father I've ever witnessed in my life. I mean, he's just a great. He's a great dude, but he is going to jump down your throat if he feels he's being wronged. You know that. And uh, at the end of the day, he stands for something. And it goes back to what we, what we just said, you know, I'd rather be, you know, like who I am than, you know, whatever. But, um, uh, yeah, no, Al, I think what we're seeing, you got to remember this too, Bruce, Al's mother and father, they're both school teachers. His sister's an assistant DA for the, you know, for Queens, you know, so he comes from a great family. His uncle's a great dude. His, I mean, 
he's surrounded by good people. He knows what's going on. Like, you know, I think Joe Rogan said, you know, he's crazy. The guy's just, hey, he's, he's wacky, but he's not crazy. Trust me, he's not crazy. Crazy like a from, fox. Yeah, he comes from good stock, you know, and I think that's what Sean saw was, you know, he, you know, he told me because I had a conversation with him. He really liked Al's dad. And Al's dad's a quiet dude, you know. Al's driven his father crazy, too. But his father, every, but look, he's a great kid. When I first got him, he was raw. Trust me, with everything. And I watched this kid mature, and I think what we saw on Saturday night was really a more mature, refined out, even as a, in his approach to fighting with the patience and the uh, the accuracy and just taking his time and just really putting on a beautiful performance. A lot of nuances in that stand-up that a lot of people probably don't even pick up on, but that was a, he picked that guy apart. He had heart, as he always has. He had head movement which not everyone has, and he went in there and played his game, and he played it tactically perfect, whether it's to go for the single leg or to stand up and strike with Kevin and, you know, stand toe-to-toe in a pure six brawl. But it yeah, ended I the think, way it ended. I think he mi- yeah, he mixed it up enough, Bruce, to where I think he kept that kid off balance the whole freaking night. And he used his jab. He used his jab, Ray. You know how big I am on the jab. I love I the love jab. You if you want to see it, you know, Ask TJ, how was Mizuki's jab that night in Oklahoma? Oh, man. Uh, you, you took Mizuki, who was already a, a pretty solid fighter, and turned her into a title contender. Uh, I, I was blown away with uh, the ability that I saw about a month ago from, from Mizuki. Against That's awesome. A tough girl that, against a tough girl that fought in the UFC. And what, what amazed me about Mizuki was she, she was disciplined. She never lost focus in that fight. It was... 15 minutes of just the same thing over and over again, which was phenomenal. And hey, I let me saw that now. Let me, let me ask you in regards to uh, female fighters, okay? In regards yeah. to female fighters, there's a fight coming up on the 28th, which we all want to watch, and it's Cyborg and Amanda Nunes. So give me your take on that fight. Yeah, I got to tell you, man, I just think Cyborg's too big. I, I do believe this, that Nunes has the tools to win, but she's got to be in and out, and she's got to be really, really accurate and consistent. It's a five-round fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to be able. She's got to be able to keep up. You know, some things that I would do with her, to, and I think she could. She probably the speed is going to go to Nunes, and she's going to be able to keep that up. But uh, Cyborg is big. She's been in there. She's got experience. Uh, it's a, it's going to be a great fight, I think. But I mean, even in the I think I saw the uh, press conference picture. Cyborg looks huge next to her. Yeah, she does. But the bottom line is they're both going to come in. They're going to weigh in, you know, within a couple pounds of each other. But then it's all about how much weight is put on in the next 24 hours. And Cyborg is definitely going to walk in bigger than Amanda. And used yeah, to be yeah, now. without a doubt. Because, I mean, Amanda's going up to 45. You know what I mean? So I oh, think 40, you've got to remember, I think Cyborg has a little trouble making 45. That's a, that's a big woman, man. Yeah, it is, and I give a lot. I give a lot. Fight. You know, it's not just somebody big. That, that's a big woman who has experience and knows how to fight. And she's been looking really good in her last couple of fights. You know, Holly Holmes, no joke. Uh, so this is a this is a great fight. It's a great platform for Amanda Nunes. I I, I have to pick uh, Cyborg based on a couple of things, but Nunes definitely has the ability to win that fight. But I I'm, I would love to see I would love to see her utilize the jab and footwork uh, all day. All day long, in and out, moving to the right side out. correctly. Yeah, you can't, you the, can't get into a she can't get into a brawl with this kid. That would be my advice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Maintain your distance and and get that striking yes. working. Now that's and the you co-main. Get your head moving, you know. If well, we absolutely. 
You can't be standing hey, there on hey, a pole like a hey, Pez doll. Bruce, uh, Kevin Lee had a seven-inch reach advantage at Al. Did it even remotely ever look like that during that fight? Not at all, because Al closed the distance, moved side to side, back and forth, and he did everything. Exactly. Which I could, I could see your training. I saw, hey. I could see you working with him. I could see it when he was fighting. Exactly. I, I, I got to tell you guys, I'm sorry. The, the reach advantage for Kevin Lee was very evident on the tail of the tape. When I saw it on the tail of the tape, it, it, it stuck out, and then. That that's that's the only place you saw it. It stuck out and then it disappeared. It's yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah, but but I'll tell you. But uh, TJ, let me tell you where it really helps Kevin Lee is when he's he's got you against the octagon. He can clasp those hands under your ass. That's how he gets those takedowns. Yeah, that's that's where the that, that's where the reach really pays off for him. That's when he something. Up, yeah, he doesn't know how to use it, but the, against the cage, he really does. That's something a lot of people really don't talk about, and I think it's undervalued. Is when people talk about that reach advantage ray they always seem to think about the length of a fighter uh you know at space and in in the strikes but man i've seen it time and time again if you're the taller fighter the longer fighter it really helps inside that clinch battle uh more often than not no question about it and we knew that we knew he gets he's good against the cage because he's physically al said he was very strong and when you could clasp your hands that got you're normally going down you know what i mean so yeah that was pretty uh, that's where it paid off for him. Standing up, he still doesn't know how to utilize his reach. And, uh, you know, maybe someday he will. Hey, I got to say something, Ray. I know that you're uh, a well-skilled uh, martial artist. I know you're you're one of the best coaches in the business. You've got some ninja skills, but stealth ability is not one of them. Did you look over Bruce Buffer's shoulder to look at that card? <laughs> Come on. Wait, wait. What was that? So what, what I know. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me do, let me do this. Let me do this one. Ray. Yeah. Somebody published a video on Twitter, right? And and I, yeah. I listen. I I love it. Okay, it's adorable. And and maybe that's not the proper word to refer to to. Oh Ray no, it's it's adorable. It's adorable, Ray. And when I'm about to read, because I keep the card pressed against my chest, because people try to look at it. You are so slick. This video came by of you passing behind me, and then you saw the card, and then you walked the other way, and your hands went in the air. Did you? And it's okay, Ray. It's okay because I. No, love no, no, no. This is good. I, I didn't see this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna correct this. I I got you know. Keep going. Did I what? Did I did, look at did it? Did you Did you purposely walk by me to see if Al's name was was there to be named as the winner? Did you try to catch a glimpse of the card? No, I did not. No, I'm gonna say really I didn't, and I, I'm gonna say I could prove it because my eyes, you know, I'm nearsighted, and oh, okay. like, <laughs> my contacts, I'm not nowhere near seeing that. What you see when you announce forty nine forty six. That's when I saw clapping. That's uh, when I knew we had it because I knew Al convincingly won four and five. So I knew the other guy couldn't have had four rounds. So once I heard that, you see me in the background clapping. But I, I, I'd like to see that Twitter thing. That's hysterical. Yeah, it definitely it's, looked like you, you caught a peak there. But I, I've got the same vision problems as you, Ray. So... Yeah. I definitely know that Trust can be. Me, an issue. I, could, I could, I couldn't see a thing. I, I could guarantee that, you, but that's okay. Then it comes. It, if it looks it like that, man, let's play it up. I think it's funny, but uh, oh, it's hilarious! I look, and it's, I got to tell you, it. I when Al, I told Al a hundred percent, you won that fight. I didn't even. I, I gave him round two also because he he finished the last half of that round just chasing him around again. But that was the pivotal round in my head. That normally I'm conservative. But I, for some reason, really thought he got that round. You know. No, I gave him that round. I gave him round two too because I always keep track of my cards, of the rounds because he finished it so strong, and that's what exactly. that's you got to do that exactly. to convince the judges. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, Ray, listen, I knew you didn't want trying to see the card. TJ, you know what it was. Ray just wanted as much camera time as possible. Hey, really that, could, the, that might be that's a better that's a better uh, analysis. The man deserves it. Analysis. The man deserves it. I uh, I'll tell you. 
uh, at the last Invicta, he was in the corner of uh, the aforementioned Mizuki. And I-, I loved it because for a little while, it seemed like Ray wasn't saying anything. And then I, I look over my left shoulder and I see Ray working with a translator from someone else's corner. And now Ray is is screaming and hollering in that beautiful, glorious uh, Long Island accent. And it seems like Mizuki all of a sudden can speak English because she's doing everything that Ray says. It was awesome. I, I love hearing yeah, Ray I, Longo I, in the that corner. That was funny, though, TJ. And let me tell you, I grabbed that guy at the last minute. What a nice kid he was. I, gotta, I don't even know his name. I want to give him a shout-out. but And he was so respectful. He was so happy to be in the freaking corner. I'm like, dude, you can't scream loud enough. Trust me. Nothing can go wrong. And he was a great kid, and he really saved the day for me, that kid. Yeah, I don't, I don't know his uh, name offhand. Uh, yeah, I'm, if you could ever find that out. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll find out. Yeah. He was in the corner of Liz Tracy. Yeah, he trains with Liz Tracy out there in Portland at Ten Planet. But, what, a, uh, what a nice kid. Yeah. Nice to save, save the day, that kid. And that, that's what I love about MMA. It's such a small, tight-knit community. Like, no matter how big this sport gets, the people that make it go around— uh, you know, the, the, they're friends one second, enemies for 15 to 25 minutes, others. But, you know, it's, it's it's a good, tight-knit group. And it was great to have you at that Invicta a month ago, Ray. Yeah, that was awesome. I thought they did a great – I thought it was a great show. I thought they every everything was handled great. I had a really, really great time. They do a great job at Invicta. They always put on a good show. As a matter of fact, we were watching a little of it at dinner after the show on Saturday night. Uh, I was out with the producer and – John Anik and people pulling out their phones to watch the, the Invicta show. Um, oh, nice. two more, a couple more questions before we let you go, Ray, because I'm sure you're busy. The holidays are here. We all got to get our shopping done. At least I do. I do. I have to. <laughs> but um, John Jones, Gustafson, main event coming up at UFC 2, 232. Okay? Yeah. I thought to preface this, I want your opinion on that fight, taking into effect the two-year of octagon rust that Jones has, not being in the octagon, give or take, for that period of time. Um, my opinion was, and I feel that Gustafson actually eased off and, and eased through and won that first fight. I had Gustafson winning that before I read the decision, So, and it, which was one of the greatest fights we've ever had in the octagon, period. Yeah. What's your, what's your opinion on this fight? This is uh, the I comeback think, of John Jones. This is, yeah, this is the time to get him. And I think, like you said, I had Gustafson winning the first fight. I think that spin elbow to his head really just changed the momentum. But mm-hmm. I still had him edging it out. Close fight. I think Jones has trouble with taller guys. Gustafson's, you know, he's got great cardio. And he's a, he can make a couple of adjustments and win that fight. So I, I got to go with Gustafson on that. Interesting. TJ, what's the odds on that fight right now? I'll pull it up here in a second, but I'm going to say this, and, and maybe I'm hedging my bets, but uh, John Jones, most likely a favorite. Chris Cyborg, definitely a favorite. One of those two will fall coming up at UFC 232, whether it's Cyborg, whether it's John Jones. I just feel it. I feel like we're going to get right. one of these huge upsets towards the end of the year here on that night. Hey, listen, anybody yeah, can yeah. win on any given night in the octagon. We know that to be true. We've seen yeah, it happen. That happen Ally, to Ally Aquintas proof. Al's proof. Al's proof. Four to one. Uh, Tim Sylvia, Randy Couture, eight to one. Randy wins on an eight to one underdog. Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey. Holly, 20 to one opening uh, underdog. Wins that fight. Anybody can win on any hey, given listen, night or day bro, in the octagon. You left out one guy, your buddy, Matt Serra. Come on. We got to give him a little credit. He was. Yeah, only a, only the biggest upset in UFC history. Yeah, yeah, that that is literally the biggest upset. Right, that is no the biggest upset ever. And yes, I give it to Matt big time. Now let's talk about Matt. This real quick, real questions. quick before you get away, two and a half yeah. to one underdog is Alexander Gustafson. So two and a half really? to one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
I got to wow. tell you, man. That's, that's big. That's, that's big. crazy. I, look, I couldn't even understand Al being that big of an underdog, but I'm glad he was. But I got to tell you, that's nuts, man. Uh, you got to take and, uh, you got to take some of that Christmas money, uh, Ray, and put it on the uh, on the head of yeah. Gustafson if you're a better. Yeah, without, I, without, I, without a doubt. I know it's a sign of the times and not necessarily a reflection of of how he is. You know, is one of the greatest of all time. But BJ Penn, four to one underdog to Ryan Hall, and I, and I understand what BJ's looked like in his last you know fights. But my goodness, BJ Penn at four to one uh, underdog is is bonkers for me to see on paper. Right. Well, yeah, well, how did he lose that fight? He gets submitted. Uh, against uh, how does he lose he's that get, fight? He, he's not getting knocked out. No, him. no, and and I think BJ's uh, submission game is is good enough to hang with Ryan Hall. I mean, he he could get submitted for sure, but I mean, I don't know. Four to one underdog. That's that's worth a little bit of a flyer on the prodigy, in my opinion. It is good enough I, to win the fight. I gotta, I, look, be, I would, I would just, I would just bet BJ just to honor him at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt I about really it. Think, no doubt. Yeah, I would, I would do. I wouldn't even care losing if he lost. I would just do it in honor of BJ because I think he's done so much for the sport. Uh, but I got to tell you, man, that I, I can't see it being an exciting fight. But I mean, when was the last time Brian Hall fought against uh, Gray Maynard? Yeah. Yep, I remember having that argument with Kenny Floor, and he's like, "Wait, well, yeah, but you know the jujitsu." I go, "Nobody cares, and nobody wants to look at that." And I like Ryan Hall; he's a, he's a sweet kid, he's a great kid, and his jujitsu was obviously off the hook. But I got to tell you, that fight was that was tough to watch, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. Definitely a, a difficult one to watch. But it's all it's all going to come down to one thing, guys. The last fights that BJ has walked in the octagon is he stood there and taken punches left and right in those last two fights. He's, he wanted to strike and do a pure six brawl all through the fight. The lactic acid builds up in his arms. He can't lift his arms in the one fight I remember very vividly. BJ has got to go back to one of his strengths, which is on the ground in his jiu-jitsu. Even though it's against Ryan Hall, it's a huge asset to his fight game and his fight knowledge what, what, but he, ha- he has this love of wanting to strike yeah so let, let's see how he looks Bruce. when he comes out I wanna... Bruce, Bruce if there's a guy he can get into a PS6 brawl with this is the guy no no doubt I mean it's definitely going to swing towards his favor if, if that's the case yeah um yeah, I, yeah. I would love to see BJ do that the combat jiu-jitsu or or that submission only uh type of rule set because a lot of people love BJ and, and what he's done in in mixed martial arts but this guy I mean they call him the prodigy for a reason, and that's because he he got his black belt so quickly in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'd love to see BJ go back and, and show us, you know, what he and, has. And, 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 and TJ, at a time when you couldn't get that black belt quickly, I was there back then. Yeah. That was almost impossible. Yeah, I mean, you hear about people getting a black belt in five, six years now, and it's impressive, but the, the way that BJ accelerated through the ranks, you know, in, in the early part of the 2000s, it was, it was bonkers. Look, let's face it, BJ BJ is one of the true pioneers of MMA, true pioneers of the UFC. Um, one of my favorite fighters of all time. I consider him my little Hawaiian brother. We're very close friends. Uh, when we see each other, you know, have the tendency to. I can't say enough about BJ. I yeah, do listen, question in my a mind. Guy, a, a guy, Bruce, who's a legitimate fighter, a legitimate tough guy who's fought anybody, any place, any weight, any time. I mean, that's what I love about the guy. He don't give a fuck about nothing. He fights you. He fought Machida. Yeah. How is that even possible? Yeah, Machida. When Machida, when Machida was a killer. 
Yep. He was yep. he was fighting 200 pound men when well, he was 13 in the street. I mean, the guy has a history that people don't really realize how long of a fight game history BJ has. Nah, think about this. I really I, I really love BJ, man. I think he's a great guy. I always look forward to seeing him. And yes, I, he is. I really hope he does. I wish him the best in this fight. And, and I do too. His whole family's great. There, I mean, it's a great team. There was a time that BJ Penn wanted to prove that he was the best lightweight in the world, and the and the person that he wanted to fight to get that status was Takanori Gomi. And it, it was clear that Gomi wasn't going to come into the UFC. So, so what did uh, BJ Penn do? He got with his brother JD. They put it on in Hawaii in their own promotion. This dude took it upon himself to make all the fights that he wanted to happen happen. And I mean, again, the sport was at a different place back then. But I love the hustle, man. BJ Penn was uh, just a, a phenomenal athlete, a phenomenal uh, personality, and a phenomenal fighter that went out and hustled after it all the time. Hey, I used no to announce those Rumble in the Rocks. Great, great, great dude, man. Really great dude. Yeah, and they paid Buffer, so that that even uh, yeah. that even raises yeah. the stakes more. And, and speaking, um, speaking about Gomi, I'll be in Japan for New Year's Eve with Suzaki. He's fighting on that Rising card with uh, Mayweather. Nice, nice. So I'm happy about that too. So yeah, what do you think about I, this Mayweather this Mayweather thing? Is he going to be allowed to be kicked in the legs in this fight, no. or is it strictly a box? Uh, no, I don't. I, look, I don't know anything about it, but Mayweather's not stupid, so. I see. I think what are they doing? An exhibition of some sort? Yeah, yeah. It's an exhibition with essentially boxing rules. So yeah, but it's like yeah, for like yeah, three yeah. to five million dollars or something. He's getting so sure. why not have an exhibition? You know, whatever. I got one more question. Speaking of lightweights, uh, before we let yeah. you go, Ray, Matt Sarah starting to look like a lightweight. What's going on? Is Matt, uh, Matt going to come back in and start throwing some punches? What's going on? Isn't that crazy? You know, he got up to where we were almost like seven or eight pounds apart. I think that scared the crap out of him. But uh, <laughs> he cut gluten out of his diet, and he, he's what? looking fantastic. A, a, yeah, an Italian stopped eating gluten? Yeah, uh, uh, TJ, trust me, ask him about it next time. He won't stop talking about it. But there is gluten-free pasta now, so uh, he's yeah. made the adjustment, and he took, that weight just came off just by taking gluten out of his diet. I'm, I'm going to see him this week. I'm calling fights in uh, Pensacola. Uh, Florida, and uh, they're they're filming the uh, looking for a fight show uh, the same night. In the Are you sure it's is that this week? It is. It's uh, Friday. Yep. Oh wow! I gotta give him a buzz. Yeah, remind him, please. You should be there. And also no, ask no, Matt too. Yeah. Ask ask Matt too if he can find a gluten free stromboli. Please oh. let me know where to get it. Okay. <laughs> in your dreams. Yeah, <laughs> it isn't one of your dreams. Definitely. Are you kidding? I like Gluten-free stromboli. I think I'm yeah. going to arrange that for him. Uh, please do, and arrange a few for me. So I'll give you the home address and yeah. ship them right out. i got a check Beautiful. waiting for you. No problem. Uh, Ray, listen, I want you to have a, a wonderful, beautiful holiday season with your family and loved ones. It's great to call you my friend. It's great to see you on the UFC campus. And uh, what can I say? We live a wonderful life in this great sport of ours, and it's going to continue. And uh, I just wish you all the best, Ray. You're always a pleasure to have on the show. Awesome, buddy, and, and and I actually ditto too, man. It's always great seeing you. You always bring us good energy, and uh, you're another true pioneer and good guy in the sport. So, like you said, man, we're living the dream, Bruce. It's been a really good ride, and I think everything is just going good, and it's it's just good to be a part of something that uh, we're good at. You know what I mean? We're, we're good at, we love, and we take great pride in, and that I agree with Without you. That, that for damn sure. Absolutely, Ray. Have a great time. Uh, much right. love to you, my friend, and and your family and loved ones, and go have a wonderful Christmas and get some R and R for yourself, okay? I, that that's not happening for a while, but thank you for offering it. But Merry Christmas to the both of you guys. 
TJ, become one of my favorites, buddy. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you've always been one of mine, Ray. I appreciate the time, man. We'll awesome, talk soon. Man. Good guys, man. All right, guys, thanks, man. Really enjoy Christmas, and I definitely will pass that on to Matt. Thank you, Ray. Thank you so much. Right, and Al, guys. too. Al, too, please. Thank you. Oh, definitely, 100%. All right, see you, Ray. Take it easy, guys. There he Bye-bye. is, Ray Longo. Truly That's one great. of my favorite guys in the sport, man. Just always oh. always uh, takes the time to say hello, even when he's super busy. And, uh, you know, when he has some time, he'll always sit down for a meal or a drink. And uh, just truly, again, like this this term gets thrown around a lot, Bruce, but he is truly one of the great guys of the sport. No, he is. And I'm actually amazed because he kept it down to only one F-bomb during the entire <laughs> interview. Yeah, 30 minutes of, with only one yeah, F-bomb. That's crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah, wow. he's getting better. We put this man on TV. Now I know where Al Iaquinta is getting his, uh, <laughs> his etiquette lessons from. <laughs> yeah, maybe Al hit the quota this month already, and there wasn't any left for Ray other than one, you know? Maybe so. All right, let's go over some news before we end the show. Um, we're going to start off with the Idiot of the Week Award. Uh, this oh, is man. crazy. i got to watch how I say this, okay? All right. A, a judge. Uh-huh. I'm not kidding. A judge, a New York judge, has just announced he's resigning. And the reason for this is because someone lodged a formal complaint that he told an attorney that he should get a hotel room and suck actor Vegan Mortensen's you-know-what. Okay, uh, now you wonder how this could possibly – this is a judge. Uh, he did this in, the, in a court of law? Judge John W. Hallett serves as a justice at the Loraytown Court in Jefferson County. He's getting heat for a courthouse conversation he had last January with a lawyer who was promoting a film festival honoring – Vigo Mortensen, who's one of my, I'm a fan of Vigo Mortensen, does sure. great work as an actor. The judge allegedly responded that the festival was, and a quote, this is the quote he said, not from me. The festival was about the gayest thing I have ever heard. He went on to say, you and Vigo Mortensen should go get a hotel room and suck each other's blankety blank blanks. What, what the, the heck? hell, dude? Five like- months, so five months later, the judge is talking to the same lawyer. And allegedly made a gesture with his hand to his mouth to connotate oral sex, patting the attorney lightly on the cheek and said, there, there, little boy. What? So the Yeah, yeah, this is crazy. So the New York State Commission on Judicial Con- Conduct, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Op- they opened an investigation, and after they opened the investigation, the judge is now resigning under pressure before the hammer comes down. He is resigning New Year's Eve and has agreed to never accept or seek a judicial office at any time in the future. His own friggin' fault. Idiot oh of the week gosh. award. Idiot. I mean, usually when we do these stories and it's an idiot of the week type story, like, you know, it's going to be bad. That's not even bad. Like, it's unfathomable. Like, like if you told me that you had to, like, make up three stories and one was real, that's not the one that I would pick. Yeah. Well, how about this one coming up? All right. All right. Santa Claus, I'm sure you're taking your son to see Santa. You know, we're to go, actually going on Wednesday with Rupert because right. he still truly believes in Santa and well, it's a beautiful thing. What do you mean truly believes in Santa? He's real, Bruce. He's real. He's real. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, like, I, I hate these kids that, like, say that Santa's not I don't know why they lie to these kids. These they, these kids come home from school and they their parents will be like, yeah, like, I promise you Santa's real. These These kids start these slanderous rumors. It's salacious stuff. Hey, aside from Rocky Balboa, Santa's one of my favorite characters of all time. Right. And he's 
I got it. And, Andy, so now, got, Andy got snowballs thrown at him in Philly. I mean, this guy's Teflon. <laughs> it was funny. I was working at my desk last night. I looked out to my right, and they always uh, bring Santa through the neighborhood on a big, huge sleigh the size of a bus. Wow. And and he stayed parked right outside my window for like five or ten minutes with all the lights on. And I, I really got in the Christmas spirit last night. I called Kristen, and she's still a wonderful little girl at heart. She ran out to see Santa. It was, it was just a really nice Christmas moment here at, at, hey. in my neighborhood. Man, there, there's so, something so precious about kids. In, in Santa Claus, I live for Christmas to watch it through their eyes. That's yeah, even even if you're a sixty year old, some 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 sixty year old guy, you know, Santa Claus you're, still special. You're talking to one, and you're right. So now, the organizers of a Christmas event have apologized to parents who are they're outraged. These parents are outraged. Yeah, a fire alarm went off, uh-huh. and Santa was there with the kids. The fire alarm was so scary to Santa, or such an alarm to Santa, that he he prompted him. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. He prompted him to burst out of his grotto, rip off his Santa's beard, and scream at the children to get the frig out saying the word F-U-C-K, right? Wow. Wow. That was kind of— I think that might have been one of Santa's helpers, you know, the guys that work at the mall and report back to Santa. It could be. Because, I mean, if he ripped off his beard, like, clearly not the real Santa. He he ripped off his beard in front of 50-odd kids and started shouting and swearing for all the people to leave. I mean, I I understand getting worried. You know, you want want everyone to be safe, but come on, man. Like, unless there was smoke billowing out of, like, a room or something or I don't know. know. You ever ever see Bad Santa? Oh, I love it. I love it. it. I could see Bad Santa doing that. The Bad Santa thing, the way that was. was oh, yeah. No, that's a, that's a great movie. Uh, late Bernie Mac is in that one. Bill oh, Bob yeah. Thornton. What a bummer, Bernie Mac. He was oh. so funny. He died so young. I actually I just, just went I just back and— I just watched and, Mr. Okay. Mr. Ba- uh, I just watched uh, uh, 3000. Yeah, no, 3000. I, I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah. I just watched Mr. 3000 a couple months ago. Uh, I was in—I uh, can't remember where I was, but I, I was in some store or, or some office where they were showing— uh, an old Bernie Mac film, and I got home and I was like, man, that put me in the mood. I wanted to see a Bernie Mac movie, and uh, I, I started watching uh, Ocean's Eleven, and I'm like, nah, I, I really want to get, like, a Bernie Mac uh, fix. And I watched uh, Mr. 3000, and just, it's, it's so tragic when you think about how young he was when he passed, and, and really was, in a lot of ways, just starting to hit his stride as someone that could, you know, stand uh, alone uh, as you know, the the whole show, and I mean, he had the Bernie Mac show; it was fantastic. But uh, I, I really don't think we ever got to see how good his work could have been uh, on the silver screen for a prolonged period of time. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, another incident on Southwest Airlines; they've had a couple recently. Whether it's a door blowing off the plane, uh, I think happened last year. Whatever. Yeah. So Southwest flight, they were forced to turn around. Oh no! Because well, they landed at Sunday at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, right? Uh-huh. They had a human heart. Oh no! On the plane that was meant for donation, uh-huh. they forgot to unload it. No, so they, they so they took off for Dallas. This is a life critical cargo shipment. Somebody's yeah. waiting for a heart transplant. Yeah. So at least they were able to turn around and get back in time because uh, the heart was donated for full transplant and the organ was donated only for its valves. But they got it back in time so the intended recipient could have the operation. I don't. Thank I, God. I, I don't Thank know God. if you remember this, but I'm I'm very very pro. Uh, organ donation. Uh, my father mm-hmm. uh, received a liver transplant in 1995. They gave him uh, five years to live after receiving the transplant. He lived 15. And uh, without someone giving life in their moment of death, uh, I would not have had a father to see me uh, graduate high school 
uh, let alone, you know, find myself uh, a career, uh, get married. Uh, he, he died about two weeks after I told him I was going to have my son. Um, I know there's a lot of misnomers about organ donation, and a lot of people think that uh, if you are hurt badly in an accident and you go to the hospital, that the, the hospital doesn't try to save your life as much as the next person because you are an organ donor, which is absolutely ridiculous, not true at all. Um, you know, everyone is up to their, or everyone has their own choice. I understand for some religious, uh, people, they, they don't want to donate their organs and, and I completely get it. It is a choice, but I, I strongly, uh, urge everyone who is either on the fence or, or really hasn't thought about it to consider being an organ donor. Because again, in, in your ultimate untimely death, uh, you can give life, um, you know, to, to someone that, you know, needs a, a transplant so dearly. And, you know, the, the people that release, receive those transplants, uh, you know, sometimes they're people like my dad who without my father, I don't, I, I, I can almost guarantee you, Bruce, I wouldn't be talking to you today. And, uh, right. you know, so just please people think about it and, uh, you know, uh, make and a that, decision. And I agree with you. And that's a worthy, beautiful scenario of topic conversation you just made for many, many, many reasons, which I think we can all see and understand. And I got to tell you, for me, I want to be cremated. I don't want to be buried, taking up space. I've said it before on the show, spread my ashes over the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, uh, my favorite playground in the world for my entire life. Since a little pinch has got to go in that octagon at, little, at the end of fight night. Come on. Well, that's, that's up to the powers that be, but well, I'll say, I'll make sure my family stays a little vile and sends it over to Zoof in Vegas. They can you know, <laughs> sprinkle it on a hot dog or put it in the octagon. Yeah. Or, or maybe but, the next time they, uh, make some, uh, metal bars for the, uh, octagon, we put a pinch in that, uh, in that steel. So it molds there you go. You're, you're in, you're in the octagon forever. I, I think that would be quite fitting for you, Buff. There you go. So, I mean, having that frame of mind, uh, it's, just, it's, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's yeah. a very worthy thing H- to do. How long until they start shooting the, uh, hologram images so you can be the octagon announcer forever? You know, I, I don't know if they're, I mean, it, Dana joked about that a few years back that he would have a hologram made of me when people were asking him if I was going to be in, you know, this place and that place at the same time. And that was cute and everything, but you know what, in a, in a realistic hey. sense, not that they would do it of me, but holograms, are getting so perfected Bruce, now. You, can, you can go see Tupac. Think about I that. I know. It's they amazing. Have concerts with these things where, where I mean, I'm going to tell you, looking at it, yes, it is most definitely a hologram and you can tell, but as someone that cannot see Tupac live in concert ever, it's the it's the next best thing, my friend. Like, it, it is bananas. Yeah, it's going to be, and it's going to be developed to go into so much more than it already is. We have, there, we have a lot to look forward to in the future, and that definitely is going to be one of them. And it's not that far away. No. It's happening now, and it's going to get refined much, much more. I mean, I, I want I want a Bruce Buffer hologram, so when <laughs> I'm when I'm 80 years old, uh, I can say that, that, that there was the best of all time. Oh, thanks, TJ. I appreciate it. And I want one. That's very nice of you. And I want one, too, so when I'm 80 years old, it can be here in my house introducing me into the kitchen. Yeah. So, Ladies like and that. gentlemen, rolling <laughs> into the kitchen. Walking slower than right, usual into right. the kitchen. Yeah, of course. All right, TJ, Fortnite's back in the news. Okay. Uh, never now, leave the news, this damn thing. Well, it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But and and again, much of the regret and disdain and happiness hey, of the parents around know, the world. It, yeah. it is it, what it is. It entertains a lot of people. And and I mean, honestly, video games, it's like I mean, I feel the same way about pornography and marijuana and alcohol. In moderation, like if you can control yourself. More power to you. Some people everything, 
everything in my, even too much sex is bad for the human body. Right. It, 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 so, and you're hearing that from me, right? But yeah, it's true. So everything in moderation. Now, listen, the French, you remember Fresh Prince? Oh, right? Of course. The, the yeah. TV, okay. So Alfonso Ribeiro. Uh, Carlton. Who, yeah, Carlton, right? So he wants his dance back. Okay. He's suing to stop two video game developers from selling a dance popularized uh, by his Fresh Prince of Bel-Air character. I know it sounds see, a little crazy. To me, wait, let me fi- wait here. Let me finish it. Let yeah, me finish it. And then yep, yep, okay. yep, yep. In the two lawsuits, right? He uh-huh. says the company's unfairly profited from using his likeness, he says, and exploiting his protective created expression. This is a term uh, in legality and entertainment, which does stand true in court, but it has to be proven. The suits named Fortnite developer Epic Games and two, uh, Take-Two Interactive Software, who does the NBA 2K series. Yep. Um, for using the dance. Now, if this goes through and he gets a settlement and a judge rules in his favor, this is going to set a precedent. Yeah. And a precedent which I, even though I'm heavily involved in the trademark world and protecting sure. my IP and everything else, I'm a little on the fence on this one, okay? If you really wanted to make sure that dance was your dance, then maybe you should have made a little more effort well, to, to, is it his? to do it. Do, do I, we know if it is his? Because, I, I mean— to me, I don't know. It, he popularized it. Right, That's but, all I know. But it may be the intellectual property of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Do you know what I mean? Like that that dance is called the Carlton. He doesn't own the Carlton character. Do you know what I mean? Like he he played the character. Uh, I have a very difficult time thinking that he has any legs to stand on because well, here, if anybody's here, suing, it should be the the owners of that show. I, I can't argue all these facts, and that's why it's got to go to court to be settled because of you know the attorney now has, has ignited this flame. But one little thing they're going to have to fight in the Fortnite Battle Royale game, uh-huh. they call the dance fresh. They call it the fresh dance. But again, not infringing on his personal rights. I'm with you, but again, they're going to have to decide hey, this in court. And if they set a precedent, more power, more power to, to, to him to go yeah, for it. Yeah. Now, now, here's another thing. Mm-hmm. Another person is suing Epic Games. Okay. Right. And it's called the Backpack Kid. And he's suing Epic Games over, what do you think? A dance in Fortnite. There's two lawsuits against yeah. Fortnite, and he's claiming they used his dance without permission to his legal reps. And they, they, they're going to have to have some sort of copyright or trademark on that dance, right? Like, I mean, think well, about I all would, the dances popularized by, uh, you know, musicians and, and artists over the years. Like, I, I don't know if they own the dance. I would think so too, and I recognize this dance he does because Rupert, my my ten year old boy, he's he does this dance all the time in front of me, and now I see where he gets it. Yeah, right? you know, I, so there's you know, I've got my own dance. dance. I've got my own dance. It's, it's named is? and everything. It's, it's called the T to the J Shake. Okay? <laughs> I got to see this one. Oh, it's it's not good, but uh, you know, it, it's something that I made up in high school because I couldn't dance, and uh, you know, people have, have have joked about it, but like again, like it's still dance moves, like the fact you. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it, if if it is used to market something, and you trademark it or patent it, then then I get it. But if it's just something that you've done, you know, once or twice, and and maybe it's synonymous with you, but it's not something that you own anything of, like very difficult, I think. Well, we'll find out when it's all said and done. Last story of the day. Um, I won't say it's a feel-good story, but it's a fascinating story. It's something, a subject we talk about all the time on the show, which are uh-huh. shark attacks, sharks. Here's a, here's a known fact. Um, not a known fact, a fact that I didn't know about, and I'm fascinated with sharks. Shark embryos, when they're in the womb, mm-hmm. they actually grow teeth and start hunting what? in 
the womb. Yeah, what they eat is a little disgusting. What they do is um, they will grow their teeth. The embryos uh-huh. develop teeth at an early stage, and they use them to chomp on their mother's unfertilized eggs. Uh, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, survival of the fittest. Yeah. So, I mean, it happens. But the only, but- only two sharks. Only two sharks do this. They are the Mako. The, three sharks. The poor beagle shark, which I'm not familiar with, no, although it's a it's a hunter. But the mako and the great white are man eaters. Yep. So we're talking about very you know predatorial sharks. Oh, I didn't know the mako sharks. shark would eat eat humans. I didn't know that. Oh, the mako, yeah, mako's dangerous and it's one of the fastest sharks in the water. Wow. Oh yeah, the mako is. Uh, yep. It's a it's a. Don't be on your bad. Don't get on the bad side of a mako, much less a great white or a white pointer. Yeah. As no, they no. call them down in Australia. All right, that's a little tidbit to end the show. Um, wow, next week is Christmas, TJ. I know. I don't think we're going to be on the air, right? Because uh, we'll I, probably have to run a, a best of. I think we're going to have to do a best of show. So I want to wish all our listeners all around the world, um, everybody, hey. gosh, Merry Christmas. Yeah. And you know what? Happy holidays, whatever your choice For of sure. celebration during this amazing time of year. All my best wishes go out to you and your loved ones. Uh, I've gotten a ton of orders for Christmas. Christmas gifts, people ordering uh, voiceovers and videos of championship introductions. They're giving them as Christmas gifts. Truly one of the uh, most the unique holidays. gifts anybody can uh, can get. By the way, real quick, uh, if our listeners are interested, uh, shoot me an email, DeSantisMMA at gmail.com. Again, DeSantisMMA at gmail.com. Uh, if you have a request for maybe an interview you haven't heard in a while that we've done on this program, uh, maybe we open it up to the listeners to, to pick the best of. We've got a, a fantastic archive out there, and if people remember – uh, you know, something that they haven't heard in a while, uh, I'd love to put them on. That'd be great. So I'll say it right now. We will probably be having an archive show, but if, with the schedule, with the big UFC next week and your schedule, if we can work out a sh- end-of-the-year show and talk about the year, we will do that also. But we just need a few days to get our schedules together. No, I, be- you know, and I honestly think that waiting until the new year to recap the year is probably best. I would hate to do a show next week where we, you know, classify something as the greatest of the year and then all of a sudden – uh, 232 comes out and just destroys everything that we said. So uh, smart. You know, we'll, I agree. We'll, we'll figure it out. I agree. But 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 again, if anybody has any interviews that they miss that they'd love to hear again, please let us know. Because you and I, I mean, we've done, we've done these shows and we do the like we have our favorites. I hate to say it, we have our favorites. And when we do the the archive show, Bruce, you and I seem to go back to the same ones over and over again because we love them so much. Uh, you know, and, and if we put our ear to the grindstone, because we've probably forgotten more shows oh, than yeah. we remember we did, we have so many great guests. So, yeah, we'll find a great one for next week. Bruce, so, we're, we're, I think we're at 380 some odd episodes at this point. So Yeah, yeah. I and, feel like a veteran. And think about those. That every We only do one episode a week. So think how many, I mean, that's that's truly a long, long time. We've had down times, and obviously we uh, we don't number some of the best of shows, but so many episodes we've done together. Hours upon hours, Buffett. It's great. That's uh, wonderful. And again, thank you for everything, TJ. I wish you, your family, everybody a, a fantastic Christmas. Enjoy it looking through your son's eyes. I'm going to enjoy it looking through my boy's eyes, my mom's eyes, my loved one's eyes. This is, along with Thanksgiving, my two favorite holidays or my favorite holiday of the year. So ho, 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 everybody. It's time to celebrate. It's time to have a great time. TJ, Merry Christmas, my friend. Oh, Merry Christmas to you, Bruce. Safe travels. Happy New Year. And uh, onward and upward, my friend. Thank you. Everybody. End the year strong to start the year strong. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Have a wonderful Christmas. Have a wonderful holiday. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever your choice and flavor is, celebrate and enjoy. I wish to bless everybody out there. So at this point, for the last time this year, potentially, set your goals. 
write them down. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Treat everybody around you with respect and treat them the way you want to be treated. When you step on that path, especially the paths you choose to go on in the new year of 2019, more than ever, be the best you can be because that is what winning is all about as long as you always do and be the best you can be. Thank you all for listening. Everybody all over the world, I can't thank you enough. Much love to everybody. Happy holidays. Buffer out till 2019. It's time with Bruce Buffer is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of Buffer Enterprises Incorporated. Its content is intended for private use only. Total Wine and More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. The world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com Teams.